Hey everybody, Kurt Schlichter here for Unredacted, the Town Hall VIP podcast that you look forward to every single week. And you should be looking forward to it to it more, guys. Did I say to it, to it, to it? Did I say it like three times? You should be looking to it, to it, to it more because in the coming weeks, I'm going to figure out some technical stuff that's going to allow me to have guests. So it's not just going to be Kurt running his full mouth. But today you're going to get me running my full mouth. You're going to get the full mouth effect. That's F-O-O-L and F-U-L-L. So a lot of, well, a lot of mouth stuff going on here. And enough about Kamala Harris. Wait, did I go there? I think I did. And I think you're coming with me. So, okay. Um, Where do we go from here? Let's go to Ukraine. Let's see what's happening over there in Ukraine. Russians are... I don't know what they're doing. I look at it. I don't understand a lot of it. I don't think we're getting good information. And frankly, you're thinking, well, you know, the American government probably has really good information about who's going where and what casualties are and what objectives are being attacked and what objectives have been seized. No, not so much. Um, I think you have access to about probably about 80% of the information that the U.S. government is getting. And I think I'm being generous um, to its uh, uh, own sources. I don't think uh, – I, I mean I think, I think most – I think you and I probably have as good a picture as anybody else does in general. Um, and if you look at it, the picture is – well, we're being told it's wonderful for the Ukrainians. And I get where the Ukrainians are coming from, right? Their country's under threat. I kind of sympathize with them. I know it's I, I know it's a complex dispute. There are some people going, well, what about the Russian side? Yeah, look, I'm not going to try and sort all that out. I am going to say you don't send in, you know, the equivalent of like 10 divisions into a country because you have some disputes with it that are, you know, amenable to being resolved in a civilized fashion. So I'm kind of like on the Ukrainian side, but I am not under any illusions about what the Ukrainians are doing. The Ukrainians are running an information operation. They are attempting to get the Western powers to come in and essentially help it save itself. And I, again, I understand, you know, they're under threat. Um, but we need to, first of all, understand everybody's going to lie to us. And we have seen lies. I saw a nuclear plant under attack. Well, somebody dropped a bomb on a, on a, you know, a shed. Okay, hardly, hardly Chernobyl to the quickening. But uh, Ghost of Kiev, Snake Island, all that stuff, I get it, right? I get it. But I don't believe it. I don't believe a lot of stuff. I, do, I am seeing a lot of footage, though, of wrecked Russian equipment. Not much of wrecked Ukrainian equipment, which is kind of interesting to me. Are they just not letting people take pictures of wrecked Ukrainian equipment? Is there no wrecked Ukrainian equipment? What's going on? And I look at all this wrecked equipment, and it looks like, you know, there's dead bodies, and it's very grim. And I wonder what weapon systems are taking out these vehicles. I don't really know. Some of them are, you know, some are powerful stuff. It's blowing turrets off tanks. You don't do that easily. But... The you know the Ukrainians are 
apparently running up the score, but I can't really tell because you see the footage and then you realize, well, you know, they ambushed this column of like 20 vehicles. That's that's pretty impressive. But there's like 10,000 vehicles. How many ambushes are they doing? I don't know the answers. I don't know any of the answers. I do see that the red blotch on the map is spreading. Now, it's pretty easy to see kind of what they want to do. The Russians kind of want to uh, surround large formations of Ukrainian troops in the east. I'm I'm hoping the Ukrainian troops have pulled back westward because otherwise they're going to get caught from the guys coming up north, guys coming from the south, guys coming in and then turning north or turning south. It's uh, – if you look at the map, you see these, uh, you know, these little tendrils – uh, that look like they're about to cut off patches of white. And the patches of white are Ukrainians. And they get inside there, and it's kind of hard to get out. Now, the Ukrainians could punch their way out, but then they've got to fight their way west. Are they getting trapped in there? Because, you know, if you if you pull back, you know, obviously the Russians are going to come with you. So you, you are not in a good position if you're kind of in a salient, which, the, which is exactly what eastern Ukraine is. It's a salient. It's kind of a, a extension, uh, and you can you can cut people out at the end of it. You 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 simply go back further along sailing, and you go north and south, and you cut them off. This is classic Russian stuff. They've done that for years. They did that in um, World War II, famously a number of times, and they would trap huge amount numbers of Germans in these giant what they'd call cauldrons. Um, funny, but the Germans did that to them in the beginning. The Germans would punch through, end up surrounding huge groups of, I mean, hundreds of thousands of Russians and capture them. Uh, that may be what's happening here. The thing is, they are moving forward. They have not captured Kiev, which, and I'm not going to call it Kiev. It's Kiev, because that's how you say it in English. And also, that's like the chicken dish. They're not going to, you know, they, they still haven't captured that, and I think they wanted to. Um, but there's another force coming from the east, kind of the northeast. Uh, you saw the force coming south down the road uh, on the uh, uh, west bank of the river, south of Chernobyl, and that's where the convoy of death is. Uh, and only, you know, if the Ukrainians only had the firepower to hit that, because, you know, Americans look at that and they just start salivating. Because we have weapon systems that could interdict that AF. Or at least we did while I was in the Army. I don't know what we do now. You know, call them on the radio, ask their pronouns. I don't know. I don't want to know. I just I, I just would like this thing to end. But it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. Ukrainians, I don't think they're going to – well, I don't know yet. but. Who knows? Will they will they negotiate their own ceasefire uh, with enemy on their territory? Will the Russians negotiate a ceasefire while they have not achieved their objectives? The fact is, the Russians seem to slowly be moving towards winning. Slowly, they are ponderous, but there are lots of them, and lots of them is an important uh, factor. Now, if you look down on the map, and you always should be looking at the map, you will see that from Crimea up northeast 
to the other Russian occupied areas uh, on the Black Sea, they've essentially captured everything along the sea coast. They have cut the Ukrainians off from the sea and they've taken a town, I think it's called Morapool, apparently has a steelworks there and some uh, shipbuilding assets. They kind of, you know, they've kind of, kind of screwed the uh, Ukrainians. Now, Odessa is the other direction. It is west. Are they going to punch out that way from Crimea? I, I don't know. But if they could cut Ukraine off from the Black Sea, that's a problem for Ukraine. And then you capture Kiev, that's a problem for Ukraine. The thing is, we know the Russians are taking casualties. And don't listen to casualties. Got people saying, you know, they've had a thousand dead. You know, we killed a thousand uh, or ten thousand Russians. I don't know if I believe that. You believe that? I'm not thinking I believe that. I, I just think that's just too many. Um, probably a couple thousand, but 10,000? But, you know, what what's going to stop the Russians? It, and here's the problem. You know, if the Russians decide to get stubborn, you know, cutting them off from Nike and Pornhub and uh, Tinder and uh, Visa... That's Coca-Cola. What if they decide to live with that? And they are living with that. You know, we cut them off from Master Charge and Bank, Bank uh, Visa and uh, what's the other one? Uh, American Express. Uh, great. Now they're using the Chinese credit card. The Chinese have like their own type credit card thing. Now they're just using that. Are we hastening the outsourcing of American and Western kind of economic products by showing that we can cut them off at a moment's notice. I, I mean, if you're a foreign country, you've got to notice what we're doing to Russia. And I'm not going to get into the morality of whether it's right or wrong. Uh, I, I I tend to think it's you know, right-ish. Uh, but in the sense these sanctions demonstrate that if the West doesn't like you, you are screwed. So... You know, for China, that means run. I mean, for China, that means everybody's going to run to them. Of course, China will screw you too, and and probably worse. But you know, when you're going to get, you're going to react to the guy hitting you on the head with a baseball bat, uh, rather than the guy who could also hit you on the head with a baseball bat, but don't happen to be doing it at the moment. So, I, you know, Russians are now in the process of reconfiguring to sell oil to China, which is a problem for us in the sense that now Chinese fuel supply lines do not run through the Indian Ocean where we could sink them, where we had a chance to influence and restrain their capacity if they if they went to war with us we could have cut off their oil now if they do it with russia you know i guess i guess we've lost that leverage right i mean look, look for them to be building a uh, oil pipeline soon i would not hesitate i would not doubt for a minute that we are going to see a russia china gas and oil pipeline that is designed to circumvent the ability of the West to cut off oil supplies to China. And, and it's a smart move. Here's the problem. We, by going all anti-Russia, 
we've essentially driven them to China. There's three real powers in the world. Russia, the weakest, but it's there. You don't want to be the guy who's up against two of them. And that's what we are now, because we, you know, this this is driving Russia into China's arms. And when I say driving, I, you know, it's not, a, look what you've done. I mean, we've had to react to how Putin's acting. But it's dangerous. Remember, Nixon went to China to get China on our side against the Soviet Union. Now, nobody's permanently on anybody's side, but it would sure be nice to have the Russians, you know, not wanting to kill us. Because the Chinese definitely want to enslave or kill us. I mean, they're, I mean, that's that's the purpose of Chinese communism. And what do we have as a result? Well, we've got, you know, a lot of the world's looking at us going, I don't know, you guys are uh, being... You know, playing pretty hardball. If you can do that stuff to Russia, you can do to us. Then, so they look at China, and of course, China, if it ever gets in that position, will absolutely do those things to other people. But again, when you're in the thick of it, you're not really thinking too far in the future. I don't really know. I, I mean, I know how we got here. And we had a bunch of Americans screwing around in Ukraine with things they didn't understand. Provoking the Russians. Kurt, Kurt lost Putin. He's saying the Russians were provoked. I'm saying the Russians think like the Russians do. And whether it is right or wrong or good or bad or sunshiny or rainy, you know, if you've got the West uh, looking like it's about to establish a foothold in Ukraine by either making it NATO or by putting troops there or by generally even having like a very friendly government. Russians who are fixated by Russian nationalism and Russian orthodox mysticism and all sorts of other things that you and I can't dig because we're not Russians, they see this happening. It's going to provoke them. Doesn't mean they're right. Doesn't mean it's good. But it is going to influence them. And our idiot Ivy League ruling class, which has failed at everything, has failed at this. This you know, they, they act like this just sort of happened, but it didn't just sort of happen. It's been happening for a long time and they didn't stop it. You know, it's all Trump's fault because Trump loves Putin. Oh, yeah. OK. Ah, good plan. Yeah. Nice analysis, you freaking idiots. The people running things in our government and a lot of the people who uh, are supporting them right now. Are completely incompetent. You know, I look at this and I see, I actually see some Republicans just giddy at the thought that they can like oppose Russia. I guess it, I guess it's kind of a nostalgia thing because, you know, back in the Cold War, that's kind of what we all did all the time. But, the, you know, newsflash, situations changed a little bit. We shouldn't be happy about it. We shouldn't be giddy. We should be trying to get a solution that reintegrates Russia into the West. What's Kurt saying? Is he saying they shouldn't pay for their invasion? Well, uh, what I am saying is I, I really only care about America and America's power. So if something happens that's good for us, yeah, yeah, I, that's that's what. <sighs> what about justice? Well, you know, take them to, I don't know, take them to fucking people's court. Okay? I'm not here for justice. I'm here for America. And, and. Anyway, the people yelling about justice and 
shit or moral illiterates. They don't know what the hell they're talking about anyway. So, you know, to have those guys back, the Russians have to pay. Do they? Do they? Is it to our advantage? Tell me how it's to my advantage. I'm open. I'd like them to pay in some, you know, cosmic sense. But you know what I'd like more? You know, a lot more, right? America not to be on the edge of a major conventional and or nuclear war in Europe. Because I got to tell you something, Putin's got H-bombs. Now, I'm old. Bye, cracky. I'm not Biden old, but I'm old. And I remember the Cold War. And I know a little something about nuclear bombs. I, you know, they trained me on nuclear target analysis. I'll tell you, the unclassified version is you just get in the general area and it'll do a job. Um, he's got nuclear weapons. And I don't particularly want to see a mushroom cloud on my horizon uh, because Russia, you know, in order to save the Donetsk region, all right? If you want to save the Donetsk region, that's nice, or the Donbass, or whatever the fuck it is. That's nice. Good for you. I'm glad. Here, I'll sneak you some weapons. Um, but it's not worth the lives of a bunch of Americans. It just, it's just not. And I don't know why we have to say that. You know, you got drooling idiots like Adam Kinzinger talking about how important it is that we, we, we have a no-fly zone. Let me tell you what no-fly zone is. It's a war. Because do you know how you have no-flying? Because you shoot down everything that flies. Oh, and they get to shoot down you too. And they've got like really good air defenses. So if you think no Americans are going to die for your no-fly zone, well, you better think again. And I don't understand if we're flying missions out of Poland, Romania, and Hungary to enforce our no-fly zone. Uh, those are military targets. Okay? And yeah, they're in NATO. That's Article 5. That's, that's war. But you know, I don't I don't understand why Putin might not attack them if we're flying missions attacking his people out of them. All right. Again, you are not supporting an enemy because you analyze things from his point of view. Frankly, more people should think about Putin's perspective, not because he's right, not because he's good, not because he's uh, a particularly bright guy, but because that's going to give us some insight into what the hell he's going to do. Because we, you know, I don't know. Here's your dilemma. You know, sweaty superhero meme. Uh, sees two put buttons to push. You know, uh, didn't understand Putin. Is what, what, what? Did understand Putin and didn't do shit. Those are your buttons, and neither are good. All right? So I don't know what's going to happen next time this week. I don't know. My guess is the Russians are going to grind on. I keep hearing that they are due to essentially collapse because of logistic failure, and I think that's um, – I think that is a expected result. Uh, by a lot of people. I, I would not be surprised by it. I've not been, you know, Russians aren't great in logistics anyway, or don't have that reputation. Uh, and if you've seen these trains full of like city buses, uh, they're coming in to repair, uh, replace uh, equipment that can't be repaired. By the way, an important part of logistics, battle damage assessment and repair, BDAR, uh, pulling out a vehicle, seeing if you can fix it, get it back into the fight. I, I don't see him doing that. I see him leaving a lot of shit on the ground. But I don't know how much. I mean, I just we just see what the Ukrainians show us. 
Um, so could the Russians totally collapse? Could their offensive completely collapse? Yeah, it could. Will it? I don't know. I'm not. I wouldn't bet on it. I'm not gonna bet on anything. I just see those red blotches on the maps moving together, and I think, you know, we're we're in for uh, a problem. So anyway, that's my uh, town hall VIP unredacted podcast. This is Kurt Schlichter. Go on my locals page; you'll get all things Kurt, uh, including my morning report, which is always amazing. You should get my books, the Kelly Turnbull series, starting with People's Republic. Go get those. Uh, pre-order will be back. The Fallen Rise of America. That's on Amazon. You can just go pre-order the hell out of that sucker. And uh, all my columns, of course, every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday down at uh, Town Hall. Thank you very much. Adios. Bye.